listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 27th of October 2021. We got confirmation today that inflation is here, but the big question is whether it is temporary or entrenched. So according to the Bureau of Statistics, the headline rate rose 0.8% in the September quarter to be up 3% for the year. The main increases were for new homes because input costs, things like timber, costs for those things are rising, but the biggest one was for petrol. Now, the underlying rate of inflation, which strips off one-off moves and is closely monitored by the Reserve Bank, is at 2.1% for the year. And the important thing is that that is now within the Reserve Bank's target band of 2 to 3%. But as I mentioned, the big question is whether will it stay within that band? And as a result, will rates rise sooner than expected? For more, I spoke earlier with Diana Messina from AMP Capital. The price pressures are really broad-based and you can see that around the world. Generally, global growth has improved at a very fast pace since COVID broke out. That generally tends to put upward pressure on prices and governments have, of course, stimulated consumers and businesses to a very large extent across the developed world and that increases demand and that increased prices. We've also seen that the pandemic has created a lot of distortions in the inflation data and it's still continuing to do that. It's created a lot of supply disruption issues, which are causing the price of durable goods in manufacturing and in trade around the world to increase. And that's likely to continue for another few months. But that distortion from the pandemic is probably unlikely to be a factor driving inflation for the long run, because it has still been predominantly driven by the pandemic and by COVID. Okay, I want to get into that in a a few moments. But first of all, in this particular release, fuel is the key component. Why are we seeing price pressures there? We've seen price pressures for a lot of energy commodities at the moment. The price of oil is going up, the price of LNG is going up, coal uh, and other types of minerals as well. There hasn't been enough production at the moment to uh, keep up with the increase in demand for oil that we have around the world. Oil prices took a hit when the pandemic broke out from lower demand. Obviously, airlines weren't flying as much. Consumers weren't using their cars as much around the world. That led to a big fall in demand. And now we're seeing that that's all coming back because the world is reopening. Global flights are still nowhere near where they were before COVID broke out. So that demand for fuel is likely to continue. And at the same time, we just haven't seen the same ramp up in oil production. So energy price rises are probably here to stay for the short term. So these price rises that we're seeing, is it transitory or is it entrenched? I think price rises are both entrenched and transitory, which probably doesn't answer your question very well, but you are definitely seeing a bit of both. As I said, the global economy is improving, global demand for consumers particularly is increasing. We're in a much better position in terms of global growth and the economic story now compared to this time a year ago, and the world is reopening which means that you get higher demand and you'll get those price rises coming through for consumer goods. So that part of the inflation story is probably entrenched. We are moving into a higher inflationary environment than where we were before the pandemic broke out. However, there are still some transitory price rises going on. A lot of the supply chain disruptions probably won't last for more than six months, I'd say, maybe a little bit longer. 
think the energy price story might be here to stay for longer because some of those issues around supply for those commodities are a bit more uncertain when they will actually um, cease. But in terms of the global goods story, I think that those price rises are probably transitory. What do you think it means for interest rates locally then? What this means for interest rates locally is that the RBA's next move is going to be an interest rate hike, which we obviously haven't seen for many years now in Australia. And we haven't seen this high level of, well, inflation's not even high, but this level of inflation, we haven't seen it reach these levels for more than five years. So Australian prices, price rises uh, are much stronger than where they've been over the last few years. The RBA is going to start hiking interest rates along with the other global central banks. We've already seen some global banks uh, increase interest rates. We now think that the RBA will start increasing interest rates at the end of next year. What are the implications for consumers as a result, especially for things like home loans and then for businesses? Well, we've already seen fixed rates for home loans move higher over the past few weeks. I think that that's likely to continue, that fixed rates for home loans as global bond yields, especially some of those shorter end global interest rates move higher. That means that fixed rates in Australia are going to move higher. And with RBA interest rate hikes, of course, the average level of the mortgage interest rate is going to start increasing as well. But the important thing to keep in mind is that the increase in interest rates in Australia will probably start very slowly. Our current level of the cash rate is 0.1%. The first move we think to increase the cash rate will be from 0.1 to 0.15%. That's a very small increase in interest rates. So I don't think we necessarily need to be concerned that we're moving into this world where mortgage interest rates are going to be significantly higher, um, but they will start to increase from current levels. Diana Messina there from AMP Capital and the share market finished pretty flat after the day. Uh, the S&P A6200 up by 0.1% to 7,448, although the market was stronger in the morning and there were some pretty obvious losses straight after the inflation data was released. So just how concerned is the market worried about inflation? Earlier, I spoke with Mike Jenica from Credit Suisse. Mike, how did the markets react to today's inflation data? Uh, well, the uh, the market was uh, surprised uh, at the level. It was higher than expected, particularly on an underlying level. And uh, as a result, there was a, uh, a sell-off in uh, the equity market initially, uh, but it then subsequently recovered to be about flat. Uh, the main uh, issue, of course, was that bond yields rose. They've already risen pretty significantly over the last month. Uh, and they've continued to rise, reflecting that perhaps interest rate um, tightening expectations may need to be brought forward. Okay, can we go into the inflation numbers in more detail and ask uh, what do you think about them? Because the economist that I spoke to today, Dana Messina from AMP, reckons, hey, it's a bit transitory and a bit entrenched. What do you think? Uh, well, that's probably a pretty fair uh, description. Um, Basically, while demand is running ahead of supply, which is the situation that we're currently in, uh, we would expect to see uh, inflation stay more elevated than it otherwise would have been. Um, contributing to that as well uh, is a significant rise in energy costs, which is still feeding into the system. So we've got um, very high costs of natural gas in particular. Uh, this is really a Northern Hemisphere problem. Uh, and, um, and that's leading to significant um, growth in uh, costs for power and, and manufacturing input costs. 
and, and inventories of gas are low. So this is a problem that's going to be with us for some time. So uh, that feeds into a lot of products um, and, uh, and those uh, goods prices are probably going to continue to rise. So uh, from that perspective, we would expect to see uh, inflation staying higher uh, for uh, into next year. Um, whether that's entrenched over a longer-term basis, we, we think probably not. Uh, the, um, the supply disruptions uh, should ease at, at, at some point in time. Um, so uh, this is um, somewhat temporary, but it's um, pretty persistent in how temporary it is. So given that, if we are going to see higher inflation for the short term anyway, right, what does it mean for the share market generally? It really depends on uh, two factors. I mean, firstly, if it is uh, of the nature that it's, it's reasonably temporary, um, then what that really means is, is that there won't be a significant reaction from, uh, from central banks in particular to, to it. They'll tend to look through it. Uh, but what it means for the companies is, is that they will uh, enjoy uh, the benefits of the increased pricing power uh, for that period of time, which will flow through into, into profitability. So companies, you know, demand environment is strong. It means that their pricing power is pretty good. And so they get the benefit through into their, into their earnings while interest rates still remain low. If, however, we get into a situation uh, where inflation looks like it's going to potentially structurally breach the 4% level, uh, historically, what that has meant uh, is, is that's negative for uh, many financial assets and, and equity suffer as well. And the main reason is, is that interest rates clearly need to rise. There is a lot more uncertainty and that starts to undermine the valuations of, of equities and uh, they are high by historical standards. So we've defined it as that sort of level where if it goes above 4% and it gets entrenched at those sorts of levels, that's the main negative. But um, at lower levels and on a more temporary basis, um, we, we see the um, uh, inflation has actually been positive for equities and, and that's the environment we're in right now. Mark Janica there. But Woolworths held its AGM today and also released some sales data where it spoke of rising shipping costs, for example, so there is inflation there. So I asked Mike if companies are passing on rising costs to consumers. It really depends on the size of the cost increases um, and to the extent they are very significant, they have to be passed on, otherwise uh, profitability really suffers. And as I said earlier, the demand environment is pretty strong. So uh, there is a, a willingness from, um, from buyers to, to take on some, some cost increases. In the case of a company like Woolworths, uh, it's a good example of uh, a situation where you, you need to balance things up. They are a provider of, of essential uh, products to the community um, and, and incomes are not growing significantly. So that's the bit that's missing. So we're not in that kind of spiral where your income is growing significantly and then, and then that is compensating for the higher prices. So they're conscious of balancing up the impact on customers and the potential impact on sales. And, 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 and all um, businesses need to to weigh that up, uh, what's going to be the impact on sales versus you know, what I need to recover. 
And, and so, but we think that the impact on sales will be less significant because demand is likely to be strong because it's pent up, it's, it's ready to spend. And so that's the most important thing. So we think in general, these cost increases will flow through into prices, profits will remain okay, and, uh, and we'll see it in higher inflation in the, in the near term. And for those investors looking right now, how, how do they invest in this type of environment? Uh, well, from, from our point of view, uh, the, the way to invest is to be in, in growth assets, uh, in, in equities in, in particular. In our multi-asset portfolios, uh, we raised our strategic weighting to equities uh, earlier this year. And tactically, we're overweight. We've seen the recent correction as a, as a positive sign to, to re-enter the market. So uh, we're positive on that growth cycle uh, and the recovery out of the pandemic flowing through into economic growth, also into higher inflation. That leads to pretty strong earnings growth. At the same time, you've got a gentle rise in, in interest rates by historical standards. And it doesn't look like central banks are going to be um, too heavy-handed in, in, in their response to what, we're, to what we're seeing. They want to ensure that the recovery continues. So for us, equities continues to be a pretty uh, good place to, to, to be. Um, cash is probably on the other side of it, um, we think is the worst place to be. Uh, the returns are negligible and um, the higher inflation uh, rates are, are eating away at, uh, at capital value in real terms. So that's the distinguishing factors. We, we prefer growth assets, we're less defensive, and certainly cash would be our least preferred asset. Mike Jernica there from Credit Suisse. And don't forget, you can listen to this as a stream on your favourite podcast platform just by searching SBS on the money on places like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.